Blog Talk Radio. Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tanel, for today, Sunday, May 26th. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, we are happy to have our guest, Eva Jane Bunkley, on the line tonight. Um, we're going to save our beauty news to the end of the show so that we can just jump right into the show. Um, <clears throat> but first, we want to take a quick break, um, and we'll be right back. Beauty Talk Radio, hosted by your favorite twin celebrity makeup artist, Janice and Denise Tunnell, is celebrating 10 years, and we simply want to say thank you to all of our guests, our sponsors, and supporters who have taken the journey with us. Because of your support, we've been able to bring you conversations, beauty and skincare tips from the industry's finest, and so many more. Sam Fine, Australian makeup artist Ray Morris, James Vincent, V. Neal, Nigeria's own Lola Maja, Kevin James Bennett, Rocky Cosetti, Marietta Carter-Narcisse, Tim Bukharin, Mickey Taylor, formerly of Essence Magazine, A.J. Crimson, Michael DeVellis, Suzanne Patterson, Larry Sims, Denisa Myricks, Melissa Street, Michael Key of Makeup Artist Magazine, Camille Friend, Rochard, Naja Riquette, Bernadette Thompson, and so many more. We're celebrating 10 years, and we're so excited about what's to come for Beauty Talk Radio. Millions listen live and via iTunes downloads from around the world. So we have to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Ghana, Russia, South Africa, Uganda. Brazil, South Korea, Ireland, Canada, Sweden, the Bahamas, and so many other parts of the world. Are you following us on social media? We're on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. We're also on Twitter at beauty underscore talk. And we can't forget about Facebook, beauty talk online. We're celebrating 10 years. We're excited about where we're going and we know you are too. All right, we are back again tonight. We are speaking with the creator of the Makeup Bullet, Miss Eva Jane Bunkley. I'm also joined by my sister Denise, and I'm going to bring them both on the line right now. Good evening, Eva. How are you? I am wonderful. Congratulations, mm-hmm. ladies. Ten years. That is it's just huge. a huge, huge milestone. Yes. yes, thank you very much. And thank you for being a part of the first 10 years, and now we're starting off the second 10 years, and you're a part of that as well. 
I love it. I am in some wonderful company. I was listening to all the names, just amazing makeup artists that I admire and know and have had the the privilege to meet and be around um with various trade shows that kind of thing and this is a this is this is a big deal i love it <laughs> well you are a big deal and that's why we wanted to bring you on um tonight <laughs> um now it's been some years since you were first on our show so could you just yeah. reintroduce yourself to our listening audience um, tell us a little sure. bit about how you got started in beauty, particularly as a makeup artist, and kind of mm-hmm. bring us up to date as you know as to where we are right now. Yeah, wow. Um, looking back, I started as a professional makeup artist September 1st of 1993. I remember to the day. Wow. Um, <laughs> I moved to Atlanta, had just finished college, moved down here from Ohio, and um, started a brand new job like the same day, just coming into Atlanta and um, started a, a makeup job um, as a makeup artist. And this is uh, September will be 26 years. Not to, wow. to to date <laughs> date myself, but y'all can do the math. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's been um, almost twenty six years now in the industry, and I kind of fell into makeup. I did not necessarily intend on becoming a makeup artist. I ha- I was a fashion major and thought that I was going to be more in the wardrobe department than in the makeup department, and. You know, I started doing makeup and said, you know, I think this is kind of my niche. And I was, you know, always loved drawing and painting. It was artistic. And um, it was kind of a, a perfect fit for um, for what I enjoyed doing because I don't like being, you know, enclosed in four walls. I, I get bored easily. And makeup is a wonderful outlet to always you know, do something different from day to day, you know, on different sets and with different clients. So I right. um, I kind of worked a lot in television. Uh, TV news was kind of my niche. I worked on, with a Christian broadcast. I worked um, with Judge Hatchett and worked on her show. And and so I've, um, I like the t- TV stuff. I didn't so much get into film. I, um, Oh no! I think it takes a special type of person to to be to to do makeup on film sets. It I, I've done some, I do some. Um, I've kind of tried to experiment with different facets of makeup to try to make sure at different stages in my life I was um, what worked well with with my goals and what I wanted to be and what success meant to me. So basically, you're saying it takes a special kind of crazy to work on film. Y'all know what, what being on a film set is like, so I don't have to tell you. <laughs> you're right. It takes a special breed, I'll tell you. It does. It does. And I'm like, man, I'm too, I don't know, soft skinned or whatever. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, I'm, my emotions get too into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear y'all laughing. Y'all know. Yeah, you're right. Y'all know it's not for the faint of heart. Not to say I'm faint of heart, but I just know where I, where I do best. And I think that's 
important. I tell a lot of starting out artists, you know, they just want to get any type of job. And I'm like, you know, just, you know, feel things out and kind of decide what type of makeup artist you want to be. And sometimes that will come with um, kind of being on different sets and different environments. But I think that you can be intentional about what you pursue and um, who you pursue as far as being an apprentice and learning from and and your mentors. And um, I've found Atlanta to be very inviting and warm when it comes to makeup artistry and um, people being willing to take you under their wing. I've I've found that. That's been my experience. Now, you created a product, The Makeup Bullet, Mm -hmm. and then you've also wrote a book, Innovative Beauty, Keys to an Inventor's Mm -hmm. Success. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired both of those? Sure. So um, The Makeup Bullet actually was an epiphany that I had while I was working on set. Um, I tend to be an artist that kind of spreads things out and I don't know where I set one thing by the time I go back to to retrieve it. It's just like, oh, dang, where did I put that thing down? And um, you can waste a lot of time and lots of times on sets, that's not a luxury that you have because you're constantly working to deadline. And I was actually on a new set and I had a lady in my chair. She needed to get to set quickly and I couldn't figure out where I'd set my, my sponge. And for me, I love working with sponges. I work with brushes too, but I really love a nice, soft, pliable, supple sponge. And I couldn't find where I set it, and I was just spending a lot of time just kind of searching and looking and scouring my makeup area, moving stuff around, and she's looking at me like, okay, you need to hurry up. And I'm getting a little nervous, and I was like, dang it. And I thought to myself, if my sponge was just attached to my finger, that would be one less thing I was looking for, and I wouldn't be wasting this time. And then I had an aha moment. I was like, wow, you know, is that a thing? I need to put a pen in this and see if that's a thing. Um, and at the time, it wasn't a thing. And for the next few years, it wasn't a thing. That took me, It took me that long to get my butt in gear to actually do it. Um, there was a lot of kind of fear and trepidation and uncertainty and, and um, you know, just lack of, of confidence that I could actually put a product on the market, you know, something that hadn't been done. And um, by the time I kind of worked up the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to pursue this, then um, things just kind of fell into place. So the makeup bullet at this point has been on the market for about six years. And actually, (laughs) I'm sharing with y'all for the first time, as of this week, I am finally the owner of that trademark. I have been in a six-year battle (laughs) to get the trademark, the makeup bullet. And this week it was finally approved. So that has been, thank you. Oh, so now I have two patents and three trademarks that are active right now. And um, it, it was, it was a battle. I mean, anything worth doing. So, but as far as innovative beauty and why I wrote the book, it was more, um, not necessarily an exact roadmap for someone who wants to create a product because even across industries, I've found even when being an entrepreneur, your path might be a little bit different, but there are some commonalities. 
And there, the process for me was so opaque, and I had to do so much digging and so much learning on my own. And, you know, that's the benefit of books. You know, you just kind of can get the knowledge from someone else's journey. And so mine seems so specific, you know, just like a beauty tool that hadn't been done. Like, who do you call? How do you find a manufacturer? How do you, you know, deal with the rejection? How do you deal with the naysayers? And um, it's just kind of my story as, as far as how I kind of walk through that process. And prayerfully, it'll help someone else that they won't wait as long as I waited to kind of step out on something that I knew was a good idea. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, you know, what are – Let's see. I'm trying to go back because I don't want to. There's so many questions that I want to ask, but I don't want to jump ahead. So I find I kind of want to. Before I ask you about the idea, I want to go back mm-hmm. because you said you you just said um, that it was a couple of years. You, you know, you you had this idea. You knew mm-hmm. that it it didn't exist anywhere, um, mm-hmm. and you just you did nothing for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and you spoke about. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about, one, what was the process of of just trying to find out if this product existed? And then, two, how did you go from fear to faith? Yeah. Well, um, I did lots of searches online to to see if the product existed. Um, I talked to beauty professionals. Um, other beauty professionals that were in the industry um, after getting them to sign NDAs, of course, just to see um, what they thought of the idea and, um, you know, people being a focus group, that kind of thing. But as far as moving from the fear towards the confidence to do it, um, sadly for me, I don't know, sometimes when you when you're facing kind of indecision, it's it's really, really, I think, important to surround yourself with wonderful, positive, competent people. And I say that as far as people who, because people always have different um, intrinsic, you know, desires of their own and fears of their own and motives of their own. And sometimes those can be projected onto you. And it's not because they're trying to be, you know, crabs in a barrel or anything like that. Sometimes it's because people feel that they're they're saving you from something. And, you know, thankfully I'm not surrounded by a lot of people like that, but sometimes people grow up in families that don't encourage their dreams and encourage them to play it safe when they've always been that person who is just like, you know what, I wonder if. And that nagging um, – feeling in me just stayed with me for years. I mean, years. Like, I didn't move on the makeup bullet for good, you know, and I try to go back. I look at what, when was it that I had that thought? And I'm like, it was around. So it was between seven and ten years that I just had it in me and was like, this would be great. Really? I don't know if I should do it. It was a long time. It was, I mean, it was an embarrassingly long time. So I'm just convinced that God just kind of blinded the minds and hearts of people just to, that they wouldn't right. do it so that I could, you know, I, because it would have been heart-wrenching for me 
had somebody just said, oh, you know what, I'm going to create this thing, and I saw it on the market and was like, dang it, you know, I should have done that. Um, mm-hmm. But I got encouragement from a lady who was kind of very specifically in the industry of beauty tools, like tools, not like makeup, but tools, which was a little mm-hmm. neat. It's a little niche because you don't see a lot of new tools coming out, um, you know, you, when Beauty Blender came out, you know, that was revolutionary because it was like a whole total different take on, you know, your your typical round um, foam or your wedges. And Rayanne Silva had an idea like, hey, what if I make something with no edges? And that was, you know, something that hit the industry. Now, when I look back at it's been on the market for about 16 years, that was about when I had my idea and I did nothing. She had her ID and she did something. I don't know how long she had it in her before she stepped out on it, but I look back and I go, you know what, Lord, I can't beat myself up about that. I just have to say I did it when I, when it was time for me to do it. So um, so I got some um, advice from someone in the industry. She said she traveled to shows worldwide, you know, and I hadn't traveled to shows worldwide I didn't go to any beauty trade shows per se, maybe just industry shows with makeup artists, but not like retailers and those types of people. And she'd been to every type of beauty show there was. And she said, I've been worldwide. I've never seen anything like it. You need to do this like yesterday. And that was enough motivation for me to go, really? Like, you think this is amazing and you've seen everything? Like, okay, well, maybe I need to do this. So, um like 11 months later, I had a prototype in my hand, and it's, um, you know, I have I have kids, and for me, I love that I can show my sons that if you have an idea or a dream or something that you can step out on it, that you don't necessarily have to work a job and depend on just that and, you know, fall in line, but you can, you know, step out on a dream or do something on the side or, you know, experiment, do something different. So for me, it's it's a little bit of a, a double reason for why I just continue and move on even when it's hard. It's like I can't show them quitting, not when I clearly have something amazing. I just need to take it to the next level. Right. Nice. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about this idea. So now you're moving. Mm-hmm. You got what you need to, to move forward. What did you do with that idea? Once you said, okay, I'm going to go do this, mm-hmm. what was your first step? Uh, lots of Google searches, trying to find out. For one, I knew what it was going to be made of. It was going to be made of foam. I had drawings. Fortunately, it wasn't very complicated to where I needed, say, an engineer to, like, do something complicated in CAD or anything. It was just... I know how big I want it to be. I know how, you know, what the hole's going to look like in the in the sponge. I just need um, maybe to make, make a prototype myself. So I went, I set mm-hmm. out and I made a prototype. So I called manufacturers that made foam and asked them to send me samples. So there was a manufacturer um, that I found online, you know, foam manufacturer. That was about it, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. that made cosmetic foam. And they sent me some samples, and I wanted to be local as far as U.S. I didn't want to go international. I didn't want to go to China. Um, 
just because I, I've heard the horror stories about the, you know, the patent infringement and the dupes and the knockoffs and all of that. And I just was like, you know, for right now, I can have more control over it if I keep it U.S. Um, so I found the manufacturer for foam, just had them send me some, send me some samples. And they weren't necessarily who I was going to use, but I just wanted to give whatever um, company that was going to make it. Because me being naive, I thought if you make foam, you can make it into what I want it to be. But that's like a total another company. Um, so it was like, yeah, you need a converter. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, we just make foam. We, we don't necessarily make it into the shape you want. So some companies might do both, but some companies might just say we manufacture foam and then we send it to wherever you're going to have it made into the shape that you need it made. So I was like, oh, wow, i got to find another, you know, place. But after they sent me the foam, I just wanted to play with it, so I bought some foam-cutting tools at Michael's <laughs> and um, started to kind of carve and play, you know, the exacto knife and all of that and a drill and um, I made just a crude prototype, and I kind of tested the sizing. Like, once I send this to this company for them to do it, I want it to be the right size. So I want to test it to see, and it was really nothing I could apply makeup with. I mean, my cuts weren't smooth. It was very, you know, chunky. You know, the more I worked with it, the more I got it a little better, but it was nothing like it was going to end up. But still, I was able to say, okay, this is about the size I want to give to kind of test my dimensions. And then once I mm-hmm. found a company that would convert my phone, then, um, you know, I just sent them my drawing, said this is about the specs that I want. And then they cut it up and sent me their, their um, you know, samples, the first few. And the first few weren't as beautiful as you, you know, see the product now. It was still had some ridges in it. Because it wasn't like it was a beauty company. They weren't thinking aesthetics. They're just thinking, you know, carve the foam into the shape that she needs. But it was still, it needed some perfecting. So that took a little time. Um, But now they can make them and they're just, you know, pull them out the box and, you know, um, fulfill orders and and they're they're great. But it it really took some time to get that kind of, um, that production flow working working right. Right. Nice. Um, so at this point, you're, you're doing all this research, you're, you have samples of the foam, you're playing with it. Did mm-hmm. you ever think to yourself, wow, I should have been doing this sooner at that point? Are you saying things like that to yourself? Um. I don't think I so much said that because one thing that I realized I didn't know or have was a whole lot of experience in that facet of anything. Like I could do makeup, you know, I won my Emmys by then. I knew how to do makeup, but I did not know necessarily how to transition into say sales because it's not naturally something that I enjoy some people are passionate about making, you know, sell, 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 sell. That's not my thing because I'm just like, you know, I want people to have things that they want. You know, either you want it or you don't. Whereas, you know, convincing somebody that they need something or that they want something or it would be better is another skill set that I was like, I need to develop that because 
I'm going to have to almost convince people to a certain degree that this is something that is going to make their beauty life better, you know, make beauty easier for them. Um, So for me, moving a little bit ahead in the story, the perfect testing ground was among my peers when it came to other beauty professionals. So, yeah, I did a focus group with some beauty professionals with makeup artists that I knew, had them give me my feedback. But then I went to um, the makeup show in New York and took those initial few boxes that my manufacturer was able to turn out and took those to the makeup show and um, sold them there. And being able to sell out, you know, by the morning of day two to where I had no more, I'm like, okay, maybe I've got something. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, and I heard you mention Sam, like that, that weekend I like gifted some to Sam. I'm like, oh, there's Sam fine, and you have to try my new product, you know, being a fan girl. Um, and, um, and so it was just one of those things. I mean, Elena George, who's, um, Robin Roberts's makeup artist for, for many, many years, she bought some of the first ones. She's been a supporter ever since. And, um, you know, other artists in the industry who have just been loving and supportive and cheerleaders for me, that has really, really, you know, really kept me going, really been a blessing. I mean, whether it's my, you know, social media fam and friends and, and actual, you know, family members that are supportive. It's um it you need all of that as an entrepreneur because it can get rough when it's just like, okay, what's the next marketing move? What do I need to do? How do I need to push this? Um, what's the next opportunity that I should take or maybe shouldn't take? Because they come at you a lot. Yeah. So you you mentioned focus groups. How important yeah. was your focus group before you even took it to the uh, the makeup show? Well, you know, truthfully, I tend, I, okay, so they say you're trying to, like, work beyond or overcome your childhood, like, all your life as you matriculate through to when you, you know, go to your grave. I was raised an only child, so I tend to be in my head a lot, and I mm-hmm. think my ideas are amazing. You know, it's just like I think everything is amazing. Oh, this is going to be wonderful because this is something that I would want. So when it comes to focus groups, they're great because, and when you kind of initially put it out on the market, I mean, I've had to revise the directions so many times because depending on how long you keep it kind of in beta and test things with focus groups and, you know, the the feedback that you're going to get, like I can't remember all of all of the feedback, like maybe my focus group was a little biased. I remember somebody saying, I love it. How can I help? This is amazing. You know, you get a lot of that. But the true focus Mm -hmm. groups is when you kind of put it out there to, like, strangers, they're going to give you the real Mm -hmm. feedback. And they're going to give you feedback. Like, there's people who would review it. And I'm like, how did you get my product? Like, who are you? You know, they'd order it, and you're like, oh, God, what are they going to say? Because that's kind of, that's the true test, the true test. Um like, I've been kind of beta testing a couple of products lately. One is totally kind of secret. The other one is not so much secret. I've been beta testing it with my Facebook friends. And, um, you know, I got one girlfriend. She sent me a picture. She's like, okay, I'm still trying to get the hang of it, but this is, you know, the photo. I'm like, okay. Um, so I think you kind of got to listen between the lines a little, especially if the focus group is people that know you. 
because they're going to, you know, try to be a little easier on you if you can get kind of, I don't know how much of strangers you can get in focus groups. Those are the ones that are like third party. If you can get those, um, they're a little pricier usually because I know I've participated in some where they pay you like $70 to be a part of the focus group or whatever, and, and you got like 15 people around the table. You have no clue who the client is and all of that. That's when you get that pure feedback. But as the product has been on the market and as the product um, was out, especially the beginning, I found I needed to tweak the instructions because I live in my bubble. And I I had, like, this idea for this is how you use the product. But people would get it and do different stuff. And I'm like, why would you do that? Or they would get it. They wouldn't bother to read the instructions that I had so meticulously, like, typed out, edited. Like, I'm like, wait a second. Why are you doing that? Like, for instance, I designed the sponge to be used dry because I'd never wet a sponge in my life because the types of sponges that I would always get were very open cell, very pliable, very soft, um, and malleable. You know, I needed that out of a sponge. I didn't want it, you know, just you put the product in and it's just trapped in the sponge. I'm just like, that's not the type of sponges I use. So when people would get it and they would wet it and then it would blow up huge like a balloon and they put it on their finger and say, oh, this doesn't fit. I'm like, of course it doesn't fit. You weren't supposed to do that. But (laughs) I wasn't coming from they're used to doing that because they got these brick-like sponges that they have to, like, do all this with. So I'm like, okay. I really got to figure out. And then when, you know, you redo the instructions, okay, they're still not reading them. Where do I put the daggone instructions so that they actually look at it? Maybe I got to put it in bold on the back of the box or something. So really, you know, educating the public is on the side of, you know, the, of the, the producer of the product. It has nothing to do with them reeducating you know, I just didn't know they needed to be reeducated because I just, you know, I'm coming from my own perspective. And after it started happening a few times, I'm like, okay, wait, I got to make the adjustment on my side because it's, it's not them, it's me. It's always going to be me. Yeah, right. Now, so no, either I listen. Uh-huh. No, I was just saying, I, I listened to you talk about focus groups and and educating the consumer and things like that. Do you think, in your opinion, hmm. do you believe um, a successful inventor should have a background in business or have at least some basic knowledge of business? Because some people, uh, they, just want, they just want to create a product and then they just want to sell it yeah. because they, they love it and their friends and family love it. So they think, okay, this will sell. And so they want to mm. sell it. But yeah. No and yes. So having to have a background in business, no, but knowing about business, definitely yes. And I think that Mm -hmm. that can come um, as you go. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think before you invest a bunch of money in something, you should Mm -hmm. see how much education you can get. And there's so many different free programs or low-cost programs that um, for aspiring business owners – that you can get, especially um, through the through the government, through the state or through the federal government. There's so many programs through the SBA. Um, here in Georgia, we have the SBDC. We have um, the Women's Business Center that has classes. We have, and that's a government-funded entity. Um, 
there's the SBA, of course, most that is kind of the umbrella organization, the Small Business Administration, over a lot of those programs. And then your local chambers of commerce are going to have different programs. Um, I spoke at an, at a young professionals um, organization not too long ago that was through one of the local chambers of commerce. And they had different entrepreneurs and business people come in and share share information. But, I mean, even as far as formal classes are concerned, there's so many different classes. And lately the hot thing is incubators, business incubators. They will take you from concept to launch. Um, and we, uh, in Atlanta at least, there's a lot of those. So I would look those up because even – when, when it comes to, you're going to have to know something. I mean, it's not just going to be um, overnight success. I mean, if it is for you, God bless you, you got some special sauce, but you're going to have to know something about marketing, something about promotions, something about um, PR, and a lot of that has come to me. Some of it I've pursued, but some of it has just come um, almost organically, and when I started out, I knew I did not have a business background. I had some supporting classes in marketing and business when I was in college, but, I mean, that was a good, like, 15 years prior. And things, there was no Internet. <laughs> At least we didn't know about it. It wasn't like, you know, everybody had home computers and stuff like that, which, you know, further makes me sound ancient. But I, a lot of those marketing principles, I'm sure, were still – you know, valid, but the game had changed so much. So for me to um, take some classes and, and get mentors, like right now I have a business mentor through the SBA, through the um, SCORE office, and my business mentor, he's amazing. And, I mean, he knows nothing about the beauty business per se, but he knows about business and sales and how to get a product out and moving it. And he keeps me accountable to goals. And I think you need people like that surrounding you, even if you don't have people like that. And we just do, do phone talks. You know, all of our, our meetings are phoners, and it's sufficient. You really need somebody, um, like some bodies, you know, that are not just cheerleaders but people who also have knowledge in those fields. So like I said, business incubators are amazing because they're mapped out strategic programs that might go six weeks. They got might go six months. And um, if you can find one in your area, those are great. If you can't, but there's um, programs online, I say, you know, look at people and because and, there's so much you can get inundated with, you know, take my class. It's only – Fourteen ninety nine and that kind of thing. I say go for all the free stuff first, low-cost stuff that's kind of tried and true, the government programs, and then it just depends on what type of um, business you're going to go into because there's a lot of people whose businesses are propelled because they can do contract bidding, you know, that type of thing. So it really just depends on your industry, but no matter what, I say um, take all the classes that you can as you go through the process because you'll save yourself some money. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. That just comes with the territory. You're going to spend some money that you wish maybe you hadn't spent, but some of it you have to kind of experiment and see what route kind of works. But, yeah, lay out your plan, but then, you know, don't be afraid to step because you can have analysis paralysis forever. 
You know, you just got to step and do something. Step out on the water, test some things out. Um, and then, you know, you might have a concept that's that's ahead of its time. You just might. Um, but it, And you might have to do a little more public education, you know, letting people know why they need this product. Um, so I think it's just something that I, I don't think there's any stupid ideas. I think people should try things because as long as you're trying different things, you're going to learn something, whether it's through that it works or that it doesn't. So how how do you how do you, how do you convince people that they need your product, or do you convince them? I mean, is it um, a matter of this is the product, this is what it does, and then allow mm-hmm. them to make the decision? Well, um. You know, third party, um, third party. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> There's a word I'm looking for. Uh, when it comes to like influencers, those types of people yeah. who have their uh-huh. audience and they can, you know, demonstrate your product and they can show people what it does. That helps because people like to see people who they admire and who looks like who look like them using your product and enjoying your your product and showing them how they use it because, you know, you're going to believe somebody that you, you know, you trust. Whereas if I kind of come on the scene and if you don't just get it right then, like I may meet a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I don't use sponges at all. I just use brushes. I love brushes. I, I'm not a sponge person. And, you know, for me, it's just like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, I, I get it. It's a wonderful product, but I just, I only use brushes. So somebody like that, I'm not necessarily going to convince. Um, I was just talking to a friend, and, you know, I'll go to different types of trade shows. Sometimes the beauty trade shows are kind of where I kind of concentrate, but occasionally I'll get asked to to vend or exhibit. Like I'm going to speak at this, uh, I believe it's called the Naya Naya Experience coming up next month in June here in Atlanta, and that. Um, from what I'm seeing, isn't necessarily a beauty audience. It's just kind of a general population, people coming for the inspiration and all that. So it's going to be more of a pool of people who maybe don't even wear makeup. And that's always, you know, just kind of interesting. People might buy your product just because they want to support you or they know somebody. And that's sometimes my angle when I'm in a room full of people where half the people coming in are men who's not going to wear makeup. Maybe they bought their kids, you know, so you might find a woman who's like, oh, I don't put anything on my face. And you're like, okay, well, you're not necessarily. I was like, but you know somebody who does wear makeup. Um, this would be a great, oh, yeah, my niece, she loves, she's real into it. I'm like, this is a perfect gift for her, you know. So you just kind of work the room depending on who you're talking to. Um, but if I'm in a room full of makeup artists, there's going to be plenty of people there who kind of get it. Like, oh, my God, yes, and I can hold my brush at the same time. This is going to save me some time. Yeah, it is. You don't have to wet it. You don't have to go look for water, you know, that kind of thing. So I just sell according to who I'm talking to, um, you know, and men, they'll pick it up for their wives or for the daughters or whoever. Um, and I find that happens a lot. Nice. Nice. So, you know, we've talked about focus groups. We've talked about influencers. How has social media helped you mm-hmm. um, just with your business in general and then also how, yeah. you know, to market your product and bring exposure to your product? Yeah. Um, that, of course, has been huge for me. 
social media is pretty much how all most of the international business that I've had has come. Um, the Middle East, when I first started out, there were um, makeup artists who were starting to see the product online, and they were, say, in Saudi Arabia or um, Qatar, and they would look and they go, oh, my goodness, can you mail it to me? I mean, I was getting – there was there was a time, there was like a four-month period where I was getting inundated with requests from Pakistan. And I was like, you know, this is a little harder sell because they're still kind of, like the artists wanted it, but their infrastructure wasn't such that I could, you know, send it to them. Even like some of the influencers there, like I'd love for you to try it out. I would love to mail it to you so that we could build some interest in your community, but I need a distributor there that's going to be able to send it out because they didn't really have reliable um, shipping methods and they couldn't use traditional ways to pay for it. So I couldn't even sell direct to people in their market. So sometimes, you know, it's a blessing and a curse in that you get that international exposure by using social media because so many different countries can see it, but so many different countries and cultures sometimes, um, you know, it's just a little bit more challenging to break into certain markets without having some boots on the ground that are um, really kind of helping your product there. So that that has been one of the things that I still, you know, kind of wrestle with because I'll make headway in a country and we'll get going and it'll be great. And then if you, say, lose um, your relationship with that distributor, then you got to start all over. And it's not like you're going to go there, fly there, and then go after and try to find. So, I mean, sometimes it's, it can be um, – it's, it's a challenge, but I really have enjoyed um, meeting some of the people, you know, via phone conversations online, um, video calls, talking to people from different cultures, um, and that's all been because of advertising and putting the product out on social media. So I've had people post videos of them using it in places as far away as, you know, Russia. It won um, a Best of Beauty Award for Glamour Russia through my um, distributor in Russia. They were going around their country and putting it in different um fairs and trade shows and events and Glamour Russia like listed it as one of their best of beauty and it's like I couldn't have necessarily made that happen from here but because of them being there and actually I think I met I believe I met my distributor in Russia when I went to a trade show in Italy actually so being able to um, go to some of the different trade shows that's what kind of gets you out too and when I went to Italy to that show, um, Nikki Tutorials, um, who's a huge Nikki, I uh, can't think of her last name right this second, but just, you know, huge all over the world, she had done a review on my product the week before. And I had just so many people come into my booth from all over the world saying, we just saw this on Nikki Tutorials. Tell me about the makeup boy. So wow. social media is huge, and it can take your product um, just beyond what you can, you know, just do on your own. Nice. Now, what, looking back, 
Mm-hmm. What was the one, the biggest challenge throughout this whole process? Ooh, um, let me think. Lord, I mean, there's the obvious one, which is capital, <laughs> and navigating, yeah. navigating how to allocate your limited resources, and um, really deciding where your money should go and what it should do next and what's the next product or what's the next move. And, you know, market conditions change and um, opportunities can come about. Like I had an opportunity to go in mass retail that didn't turn out like I thought it would turn out. It turned out to be me giving and giving and spending and spending and, um, and it wasn't it wasn't what I envisioned because I, I just I had no clue. It was just something totally new, and it limited me being able to put my energy and resources towards, you know, maybe something else. And um, mm-hmm. and I'm being vague a little on purpose, but <laughs> it limited me being able to do something else because I was putting so much energy into that. And I think going into the mass retail space and retail is changing so much. Um, and direct to consumer is really where a lot of beauty brands are kind of focusing and going. Um, but retail, you know, the mass retail, the appeal of it is definitely is just another way that your brand um, gains recognition. But then if you're not supporting maybe that product being on the shelves with enough marketing dollars to get those people going in the stores or the awareness of it, um, along with the presence of it being on the shelves, then that can can hinder you. Um, so just kind of going into that process and not quite knowing what to expect and really wanting to move forward with maybe some new product offerings, but choosing what the new product offering is going to be is sometimes challenging too because how much money and experimentation and resources and focus groups and all of that do you put towards it? Because the beauty industry, you know, we want, okay, saw that. What's the next thing? Okay, what's the next thing? And it's right. like, well, dang, you know, I'm still trying to get this makeup bullet thing out here. Y'all need to, uh, you know, buy more of these. Um, so it's it's always, I think, challenging when you're, when you're working and you're bootstrapping. Because I really did not want to take any type of loans. I put all my own money into it. And, um, and that was a great decision. You know, that's just sometimes how you have to kind of prove your own concept. Proof of concept comes from, you know, you put yourself all in. Um, so that that's what I chose to do, and I'm, I'm glad that I did. But now it's, it's one of those things of scalability and where is your company going to go and how are you going to grow um, with your, your branding and, and what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So that's that's where I am right now, like, moving towards the next thing. And how do you get over all the dupes? Like, how do you just get past the uh, fact that now someone else has a similar product out? Girl. That that has been, I mean, I knew it was coming. Um, and when it finally did happen, I got a, an alert in my email and, you know, looked at it, and it was some China company who'd, use pictures that I took of my product with my phone, you know, on their site saying we make this. And, and so I went ahead and um, 
actually ordered some, and I had another trademark pretty stick that was waiting because I knew it was going to come, and I wanted to be able to have the dupe on the market too. Of course, the quality isn't as good. <clears throat> it's a China-made, very, very um, – the foam that I've, that I've seen that comes out of, out of um, China for the most part, I've not seen any of the really, really – pliable open cell foam mainly it's really usually very very dense almost kind of like a glorified eraser almost you know just a little more a lot denser to where you almost have to wet it so some of my retailers they sell them and people buy them so they must you know be okay with it they wet them they blow up you know you can you know stipple the product on or whatever um so i did that and then now what's happening is because what I wanted to do is have some of the mass retailers just kind of white label or private label basically um, through me, through licensing, and license my my patent and be able to go on. But what they do, and this was another learning experience, is they'll slightly change just enough to get around your patent and put something else out themselves and get it manufactured in China. Um, so, like, now that I'm seeing, what I'm seeing is they'll bevel one side, they'll flatten one little side, and so I've seen it in many mass retailers. So, if it's not the makeup bullet and it's not pretty stick, which, you know, would be branded pretty stick or the makeup bullet, it's not mine. And it's a it's a basic knockoff. It's a dupe. Those finger sponges, they're all over the market now. And... I can look at it a couple ways. I could look at it with sadness and just say, dang it, you know, they took my idea and now they're just, you know, going around me and it's not ethical, you know, it might be legal, but it's not really, it's not nice, you know, nobody's out there to be nice to you. I can tell you that right now. Or I could look at it of, look what I started. Wow. You know, I started something, I had an idea, and now it's amazing, and now they're trying to, they're copying it. And what are you doing mm-hmm. next season? You know, because the one thing they can't copy is you. So I have the Makeup Bullet brand now. I'm so glad about that because I do own that brand. But now I'm shifting, too, because there are going to be other products that I want to release that aren't going to necessarily be under the brand name the Makeup Bullet. So Eva Jane is also a I um, trademarked my name for beauty, so I'm releasing other beauty products under just the Eva Jane brand. And um, I'm kind of beta testing right now a a silicone detail angle brush. It's real cute. It's pink and black. It's got my little logo um, typed on the, the handle. And I have some people that are kind of testing that out. And it's basically just a very fine detail brush that won't collapse on you. I don't know if sometimes, you know, when you're using a brush and it'll kind of lose its, it'll lose its shape over time for one, especially those detail brushes, they'll start to fray and fan out sort of like when you need to replace your toothbrush. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with this, it's not going to do that. And you can smooth on, say, a gel eyeliner and get that beautiful, precise, you know, point and that precise line. Um, Oh, my God. You know, for brows. Oh, it's ready. It's, look. EvaJaneBeauty.com. You can order. <laughs> you can order it now. Uh-huh. One for five, Going two for seven. Right now. It's a it's a <laughs> wonderful little tool that I'm um that I, I put out. I haven't done like the official launch, but um I have some other products that I'm testing out, 
And I'm like, these are just, my thing is making beauty easier for people, you know. You're on the go because I'm constantly on the go. I don't have time to spend 45 minutes in the makeup mirror in the morning. I just don't. I have kids. I got a life. I got a business. So I like things that are just going to make putting a face on just easy. So that's that's my mission, and making beauty easier. Nice. Nice. So next, nice. Um, one of my last questions is, did you ever see yourself as a entrepreneur of beauty products? Hmm. You know, I used to always say that I wanted to be in business. However, mm-hmm. I lacked confidence to think that I could be in business and run a business. I used to always say, and I and I kind of look back at the twenty-something-year-old me because I would say, I need a partner. I know I'm going to need a partner one day because I'm the creative side, but I need somebody who's going to have the business brain. And I've stopped mm-hmm. saying that because I'm like, I can, I'm, I'm a smart girl. <laughs> I can, I can learn some of that part, and then I can surround myself with people who can, who can teach me. And then, of course. You know, who said it, Mickey Howard? Experience is a good teacher. <laughs> Experience is mm-hmm. is the best teacher because I have, and I've seen it from all sides. I've seen it from, well, I'm, I'm not going to say all because what we know is like this. What we don't know that we don't know is, is infinite. But I've seen the retail side. I've seen the distribution side. I've seen the domestic, the international, the direct-to-consumer. Um, I've seen the... I've I've just seen so many sides of it that I'm like, okay, not to say I know the best way to do anything. You know, I love people and I love meeting people. I love talking to them directly. So I enjoy the face-to-face, those. Um, so I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I really, really think that people have to define what business business success is for them. Like for me right now, um, my sons are still, you know, they're teenagers, and I enjoy, you know, sometimes most days I pick them up from school. They're out of school now for the summer, thank God, because I was really looking forward to this. But I uh, <laughs> get to pick them up. I get to sit in the audience for their events, and that's what success is for me. So, no, I'm not, you know, I work a lot, though. I really do, but I enjoy you know, what I do when it comes to shooting a video or whatever, ask one of my sons. I was like, can you hold the camera for me for a little bit while I shoot this this little demonstration thing? He's just like, oh, okay. You know, but I'm just like, <laughs> you know what this is for. Come on now. So it's, um, it. I love them being a part of it, um, and I love being able to still stay very involved. Now, when they're out of the house and all that, you know, I can turn it up a notch or you mm-hmm. but um right now I'm cool with where I am and I'm I'm like I'm still giving myself grace extending extending myself a lot of grace to learn and grow and make mistakes and change and say you know what you're doing okay you know you made two dollars today see you didn't have two dollars yesterday you got two more dollars look you're doing all right yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but really I think that we need to you know, you can you can look to the left and right so easy now with social media and everybody else looks like they're doing so much better than you. You know, let them tell it. 
But really, when it comes to business, I think you should surround yourself with like-minded individuals. I'm a very big proponent of, um, like, I'm just, I just left one collaborative workspace with um, 15 female entrepreneurs. I was a part of an incubator with the city of Atlanta called We, and we were from all different, you know, parts of business, security, um, some product-based, some service-based, um, beverage company, um, sports company, just different things, social consciousness types of um, service type organizations, civil organizations. And I learned so much from those ladies. So now I'm moving into another incubator type environment. I was, I was selected to be one of the founding 100 for the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, um, Herman, J., Herman J. Russell. Um, his a legacy that he he left, and now they're starting up with this founding 100 members, and we're going to be in a collaborative work environment. And I'm looking forward to look. There's going to be men in the work environment now running their businesses, but everybody's an entrepreneur. So I think if you can't do it in person, it's it's wonderful to get in. I mean, just a group on Facebook and exchange ideas. But we have to support one another and move forward together. And I think that um, being an entrepreneur, you can be alone so much. And I think it can get, you can get down. I mean, seriously, because it's just not easy because you're just depending on you. Um, Right. But you need a support environment. You need a supportive environment. And you need people who understand. Because if you're just talking to your girlfriend who works at eight to five, man, you know, she's got a check coming, like, you know, and you're like, well, you know, I'm waiting on these terms. This was a 60-day. You know, you need people who mm-hmm. kind of understand understand that um, because that's been my life of makeup. Shoot. <laughs> I've been self-employed yeah. since 98. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, you need people who understand. Absolutely. So last question of the night has nothing to do with entrepreneurship. Um All but right. what is your de- what is your definition of beauty? Oh, you know, I I think that when it comes to beauty, it's it's a very individual thing. Uh they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And um it it really i think depends on what you you surround yourself with what you might think that beauty is and i think that beauty can become very skewed for some people and i like to look for beauty in places that maybe um people don't necessarily see and it's not about you know a perfectly painted face you know, not it's not that all the time. It could be wild eyebrows that have that are totally unkempt and nobody's ever, you know, seen. My my husband he used to say like, oh, you know, if a woman has hairy legs and it just lays down, I'm like, are you serious? Like, like to me, I'm like, that's just <laughs> disgusting. Like, I've been shaving my legs since like middle school. Like, are you serious? Like, hairy legs? You think that's beautiful? <laughs> So, you know, I'm like, he's like, no, if it lays down, I'm like, no, that's gross. So it really just depends on what people, you know, his folks are from the 
country to a certain degree, you know, and that's just, you know, it just depends. So I think once you kind of find your tribe and you just embrace your own individuality, and I think as I'm getting older, girl, I'm approaching 50. I just, you know, I just round up. I'm like, I'm going to be 50 in just a little bit of time. And I'm getting a lot more comfortable with myself. You know, some of the idiosyncrasies that that were the things that you might have got picked on when you were in school, you know, or the things I didn't like when I was in school, those are the things that I, like, embrace now. Um, so I, I think the blessing in, in age is you get a lot more comfortable. I wish that uh, in youth you could find that. So I don't know how you convey that to somebody younger who's going through their own insecurities and you're basing your beauty on, you know, somebody who's Instagram filtered or Snapchat filtered up their pictures to the point where they, they're not even real, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so I think I, I think the more that we can embrace our own selves and find our own um, people who support us not just, you know, I've talked about being an entrepreneur and all that, but people who don't tear you down. Um, and I think when, and I, I don't know, I feel for some of the young women right now going through, you know, dating relationships and that kind of thing, because I remember it was brutal. Going through, like, just when I was in my early 20s and the whole dating thing or whatever, I I dated some gentlemen, and I'm using that very, very liberally, some gentlemen, young men, who would eat at you and you didn't even realize it was happening that the the things that they were saying were kind of tearing you down and making you second guess yourself Um, but if somebody gives you that little you know uh, in the pit of your stomach when they talk to you that's somebody that shouldn't be in your circle your inner circle because they're not for you they've got their own stuff they need to work out and and that is not something that you need in you. There's a way that people can um, build you up and help you be better when it comes maybe aesthetics or something that might be something nice for you, like, oh, you know, let's get our brows threaded or whatever that might be, rather than, oh, girl, I don't know what you don't, you know, there's a way. There's always a way. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to beauty, I think that you embrace what God created in you and um, I think as you get older, you could take it to a little bit of more of a 2.0 and, and enhance and all that. But I think it comes with who you surround yourself with. But number one is when you look in the mirror that you you know that you were created in the image and likeness of God and you're okay. Um, and people Bye. just need to figure that out on their own. So, yeah, Absolutely. beauty is if I wear makeup, if I don't. I'd still, I love me. And, um, yeah. And um, beauty is a feeling. And it's transferable. So I, I'm thankful for you ladies because um, I've never, I've never felt um, any type of way but embraced by the both of you ladies. And I thank you. Oh. Well, we thank you welcome. as well. And why don't you shout out your uh, where people can find you on social media, all of your brands, sure. just shout it out. 
Sure. Um, so with IG, it's going to be the makeup bullet is the main one. I can't get away from it. I was thinking about changing it to Eva Jane Beauty or something. I can't do it. So the makeup bullet is the main brand, and I am Eva Jane is my personal, my, more my, my personal journey. And um, Facebook, the makeup bullet, you can find me, Eva Jane Bunkley. And um, Twitter's the makeup bullet, and, and on Twitter I'm just Eva Jane. Yeah, and um, the yeah. new website is evajanebeauty.com, and that's where you can find um, not only the new little detailed silicone brush I told you about, but people can subscribe and get the makeup bullet for the Lolo. Um, that's an option now. <laughs> and then I have some, some product picks, some products that I love that are affiliate products on um, Amazon that um, that I recommend. So I'm building that side up too. No, yeah. that last glue is one of my favorites. Huh? That last glue is one of my favorites. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did I put that up there yet? Did I put that up there yet? Yeah, the, yeah it's um, out there. The one that's no latex. Yes. Because you know what I found, you know, people talk about, oh, do you have a latex allergy? You know, there are certain lash glues that I feel like my eyelids are itching. And I'm like, do I have mm-hmm. sensitivity to latex? So um, yeah. I make sure now that I get one, it has no latex, no formaldehyde. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I need to do. Yeah, I didn't realize that I made that live. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at you. I'm just, I'm, just waiting yeah. for the, I'm just waiting for the show to be over so I can get my credit card information. I've already collected <laughs> the items in my card. Girl, I'm learning. <laughs> but you know what's so funny? The affiliate links with Amazon and, like, the, my product recommendations, that's something that I learned through one of my um, – my wee sisters that was a part of the incubator with me, she was like, Eva, you know all these products that you love. They, did you know you could do affiliate marketing? And you could, oh, man, I made 42 cents from telling my girlfriend about a product. I said, look at this. I said, man, <laughs> I got a lot of beauty products that I love that I don't necessarily want to, you know, launch right. or whatever, or it would take me a minute to do it. But in the meantime, yep. hey, this is what I do. So, yeah, I appreciate all the support. I appreciate the support from, from everybody because, yeah, we got to find ways when we're working our businesses to circulate, for one, the, the dollars in our community um, to continue to circulate those dollars and to help one another. And, you know, it's it's not an easy thing being in business. It's not an easy thing being consistent with the podcast for 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord oh, God. God. No, no. I mean, you make it look easy. But y'all know <laughs> the thing you're fighting against is you most times. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> Man, the struggle is real. But it but we're winning. We're winning. And it's we're all good. Winning. We win together. Not, mm-hmm. The best the the one of the best things about winning is that you're just trying. Nothing else. Yeah. You're trying. Exactly. And I mean, it's a confidence game. You know, I have fallen in love with the sport of baseball since my my older son, he's been playing since he was four. And um, I have fallen in love with baseball. And it's it's one of those things where you talk about it's a confidence game. You got to get up to bat like think you're going to hit. Like it's one of those things where it's just like you got to you got to believe in yourself. 
And I'm like, right. life is a daggone confidence game. And people, yeah. you know, who love baseball can use a baseball analogy for everything. But, sh- yeah, it, it's about your confidence. That's what slowed me down for so long was just believing in myself. And it's and, – and, and I'm ashamed to admit because, I mean, it seems like I'm the most confident person when I get out there and do things. But, sh- I'm second guess and think and like should I? Hmm, let's see. How can I? I'm like I gotta just move. You gotta move. It 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 paralyzes the best of us. But mm-hmm. just get going. You know, I'm a I'm a believer. Just start doing, and um, you might not do it right, but you're gonna learn something. You're gonna learn something. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Eva. We really appreciate it. I enjoyed the conversation <laughs> tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you. Y'all are too. Shoot. Y'all are a powerhouse (laughs) team. It's a beautiful thing to have somebody. (laughs) Look, somebody can be the creative and then somebody can be the business. See, that's what I didn't have. It just got to come all out of me. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how we do it. All right, ladies. Well, I appreciate you. Look, you want to know anything else? Any more questions? Anything? <laughs> anything I can tell you? <laughs> anything, uh, anything you can share that you want to share? Oh, my gosh. You- um, I don't know. I'm sitting up here staring at a room that I'm trying to, to um, transform and, and clean up. We've been doing some, some mm-hmm. um, transformation in my home so I can do more shooting. I'm like tr- trying to treat it more like a set. It's like use what you got. Right. You know, when you can't rent absolutely. out a studio, shoot, use what you yeah, got. Absolutely. You got a, a room that you can kick somebody out of so you can transform it. Just go ahead and make it happen. Put up a little dry right. cloth or whatever. <laughs> Turn on your camera. I'm telling That's you. Right. <laughs> yep. So I'm staring at this room like, okay, what's next? What's next? On my dry erase boards, trying to write stuff down. But yeah, but I'm good, y'all. I'm the good. Life if y'all of get all hearts and minds. I know, right? My heart and mind's clear. We're good. We are yes. good. Well, thank you, my all dear, right. and have a wonderful holiday and a wonderful week. Yes, yes, y'all enjoy the rest of it too. Blessings, blessings, doubly. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Good night. All right. Bye bye. Thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. Do you have anything you want to share before we leave tonight? Yes, definitely go out to uh, Eva Jane Beauty and check out the products that she has um, uh, on her site. I am definitely ordering those silicone brushes. Um, I can't wait to get those because that's that's a oh my god it's it's the perfect invention because those uh, detailed brushes like she said I mean they'll end up looking like your toothbrush that you've been using for three months I mean it's just no shape left to it whatsoever so these are going to be great uh, I already know it's going to be great so definitely go out to Eva Jane uh, Beauty and check out uh, the products that she has. Um, and a big shout-out and thank you to our listeners um, over the past week. Uh, we have our listeners in the U.S., of course, the U.K., Australia, Canada, and, of course, all over the world. But those were the bulk of our listeners this past week. So 
we just want to say uh, thank you to them. And then really very quickly, um, NAHA 2020, that's the North American Hairstyling Awards, uh, registration opens up for uh, NAHA 2020 on June 6th. So that's coming up soon on June 6th, uh, NAHA 2020. Um, you can register to uh, take part in that um, competition. It's not just for hair, but for makeup as well. And if I'm not mistaken, I think nails, there's maybe a category for nails as well, but um, and it's also for hair salons. So NAHA 2020 opens June 6th. You can go on to uh, probeauty.org to register for that. And then uh, Cosmoprof uh, North America taking place in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center uh, will be July 28th through the 30th. And you can still register for that by just going on to probeauty.org. Nice. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for tuning in tonight. We greatly appreciate it. As always, we're back again next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with another wonderful and and um, inspiring guest. Um, Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday tomorrow. Um, And thank you guys for your continued support, as always. And have a wonderful, wonderful evening and a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818-691-1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.